Good evening and welcome to Tuesday Night Live, the midweek service for Bright Temple Church of God in Christ. I pray that each of you are blessed and encouraged on tonight, and I pray that wherever this stream may be reaching you, that God's favor is upon you your life and your loved ones. May I pray with you? Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for this day, for this evening, for your people. Lord, we thank you for another opportunity to share your word with your people. Lord, guide our hearts through your word. Allow your word to be a light unto our feet and a lamp unto our path. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. And God bless you. I pray that you'll go with me quickly to the word of the Lord on tonight. We're going to the book of Psalm. And if you'll join us there in Psalm 51, we'll be looking at Psalm 51 and 11. Psalm 51 and 11 reads, cast me not away from your presence and take not your Holy Spirit from me. This is David talking to God. Cast me not away from your presence and take not your Holy Spirit from me. Here, David is experiencing a an emotion, basically a feeling, where he feels God slipping away from him. And our thought for tonight that we really wanted to share is absent without leaving. AWOL, absent without leaving. And what I thought of that is that in many times in our relationships, and particularly in our relationship with God, we can experience absence without leaving. Not that God, not that we, not that God has left us, but rather that we have left him. And many of us, we experience this in our own personal lives. There are many relationships and situations where you might be present, but in another way, you're absent. Often we say this about students, many students, arrive physically at school, but their mind never, minds never arrive. Some of you do the same thing on your workplace, at, 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 on your job. You arrive there physically, but your mind is in many other places. Similarly in relationships, sometimes we are absent. We experience leaving or not being present altogether while we might be physically present. Unfortunately, some friends quit without quitting. You haven't left the job physically. You haven't resigned. You haven't filled out the paperwork. But in your mind, in your heart, and in your spirit, you've truly resigned. You've quit. You are no longer there. You're no longer present in the moment. You have, are experiencing an absence. Or your job, your workplace is experiencing with you an absence without leaving. And similarly with God, we can be absent from God. And we don't recognize that we've left. We have left God. We are absent from God, but we feel like we're still in the same place. And that's really what David was exploring here in the word in this text. If you look at what he's saying, he's like, Lord, don't push me away from you. Lord, don't allow me to exist in a place where your presence is not there. David says this in Psalm 51 and 11, but he also says it in Psalm 22 and 19. He says, be not far from me, O God. And again, in Psalm 35 and 22, O Lord, be not far from me. You find him saying it again in Psalm 38 and 21. He says, forsake me not, O Lord. O my God, be not far from me. 
And when we talk about that, we, we speak it, speak of it in the realm of what we're truly passionate about. And we explored this a little bit on Sunday. And I challenge those who have not shared or seen our stream to look us up on our YouTube channel, BT, that's Bright Temple, uh, YouTube forward slash Bright Temple. And you can catch up on any of our streams. But we, we, we experienced, we talked about that a little bit on Sunday where you might be present in a relationship, but you're not really there because you no longer have a passion for that relationship. You may no longer have a passion for your job. So you're simply present. So sometimes we experience relationships that are continued or that are held together, not by passion or desire or an appetite for that person, for that job or for that relationship, but rather it's held together by fear. The fear of being alone, the fear of what other people might say, the fear of consequences. You're at the job because you fear the consequences of not being employed, the consequences of not having a consistent check, the consequences of not having proper insurance. And I'm not suggesting that anybody run out and quit your job, but I'm just wanting you to examine what is your purpose? What is your true motivation for continuing the relationships, for continuing your employment, for continuing your existence? The, the Bible says life is like a vapor and it is here for a moment and then it's, it's gone away. It's driven away like the wind. It's not long. So how long will you live your life or exist? being absent from your relationships, being absent from your job, being absent and devoid of passion, being absent and devoid of, of not only passion, but also an appetite, a thirst to go after things. Because when you're thirsty for something, when you have a passion for it, you look for it. It doesn't have to look for you. When you have a passion for your workplace, you just show up. You're there. You're, you're working when you're not working. You're thinking about work when you're not there. It's it, it's a passion that consumes you and it's something that, that drives you and, and it, you desire it. One of the easiest ways is something that you've been doing ever since you were in school. Sometimes you got in school and you were in a class and you were ready to go. And what did you do? You started watching the clock. And you were just ready and waiting for the clock to strike a certain time frame so you could leave. And many of you treat work the same way. You're just looking for the clock to expire. So on that uh, time so that you can leave work. And many of us, we may as well be treating our relationships like that. We're no longer passionate about the person. We're no longer having appetite and desire and thirst for them. So it's almost like we're biding our time. We're just waiting for things to happen or something to expire. But we have already lost our passion, our drive, our desire, our thirst and our appetite. When you truly have a desire and drive and a passion for something, you know when something's wrong. You know when something is missing. Like David, when he's saying, cast me not away from your presence, he's understanding that in that moment where he has separated himself from God through sin, through disobedience, he's saying to God, Lord, please, whatever you do, do not take your spirit from me. I do not want to be absent from your presence. I want you to be com consistently and maintain a close posture and relationship. I want to maintain my proximity to the heart of God so that I can be where he desires me to be and so that I can be all that he wants me to be. But to do this, 
I cannot lose your presence. So he says, God, whatever you do, whatever you do, Lord, don't take your presence away from me. In fact, he's saying he's almost inviting God to take other things. It's as if he's saying, Lord, if there are things as a result of my disobedience that you have to take, if there are things that have to be removed from my life, Lord, remove all of those things. But what I don't want you to remove is your presence, because that is what is most important to me. I must have your presence. I consistently need your presence with me. Other things may be subject to move, but Lord, not your presence. Other things I can do without, but Lord, don't take your presence from me. It's like we see in many um, different sects of those who, who have devout beliefs, devout believers who separate themselves from the world and live in monasteries or live in other holy places. And they, 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 divorce, they give up all of their possessions and they, they either um, give them to the poor, give them away. And basically they're saying, I'm living a, a life committed to God where I don't need anything else but his presence. And that's what God desires from us, that mindset, that mindset. I'm not saying give all of your things away, that if God moves you in that way, then you trust the voice of God. But I'm saying our mindset has to be one where there is no priority greater than being close to the face, to the heart of God. That is my constant thirst. That is my constant passion. Shared in the scripture, as the heart panteth after the water brook, so pants my soul, so thirsts my soul after thee, O God. I want more of you. I desire to have more of you. And when I have such a passion for God, then I know when he's missing. I know when he's absent. You remember Samson when he was tempted, he was tempted of Delilah. And finally he gave up on the temptation and told her where the source of his strength was. And once he did, she cut his hair and it says Samson good, got up and shook himself as he would before to summon his strength. But at that moment, he didn't have to fight because he realized that the presence of God was gone. God was absent, but Samson didn't even realize that he had left. He experienced that absence without even understanding that he had left presence of God, that he had left his commitment to God. He had voided God's promise to him by his disobedience. And I would never want to be in a situation. One, one situation is like Samson. At least Samson knew that God's presence wasn't with him because he had fall, fallen out of covenant. An even more dangerous place to be is to have fallen out, lost your connection to God to fall out, of, fall out of God's favor, to not be connected to him and not even realize it. That's why I'm saying we must be so passionate for God. When you have a passion for God and you have a thirst for God, when you see that that passion is waning or that thirst is waning, you recognize that something is wrong. I don't pray like I used to pray. I don't read God's word like I used to. I don't find myself needing to connect with worship like I used to. You find your passion is waning and you might recognize in that moment 
Maybe I'm experiencing absence. But the absence not, is not truly God because God did not leave you. It's me. I'm absent because I have left the presence of God. I have stepped outside the will of God. And when you thirst for God, it's hard to sustain your existence when he's gone. When you truly thirst for him. So it's dangerous to live a life where you feel like you can exist and you can go on and you can experience life without God. It's dangerous to feel like you can live like that. Where you don't have a thirst or a passion for him. And that means that you're filling that passion with something else. You're quenching that thirst with the things of the world. And I guarantee you one thing that I think those who have accepted Christ and even those who have stepped out of favor and have not accepted him can agree. I think we all can agree on this. The world and people will always let you down. When you put your dependence upon people, when you put your dependence upon the world and the laws and the rules of this world, they, they will often let you down. It doesn't matter who, who you put your dependency on. If it's not God, you're, you're a subject. You're bound to be disappointed. But one person who will never, who will never leave you nor forsake you, someone who will never let you down or disappoint you, is our Savior, Jesus Christ. Lord, I'll be with you always, even until the end of the earth. And my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory. He never fails. He will never let you down. Don't allow yourself to exist and or just subsist in a place where you have lost your passion. I think it's time as Christians that we renew our passion for God. Renew our thirst for God. Renew our appetite, our hunger for God. To go after him like we've never done before. To seek more of his word, to understand his word better, to understand his voice. Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice and a stranger they will not heed. We need to be more in tune with the voice of God. We need more in tune with what his word designs for us and declares for us. Don't lose your passion for him. Don't find yourself drifting away from him. And I often say when we get into fall into sin, it's because not because we run away from God, but we drift away slowly. It's like just when you're out there on the ocean and if you're just kind of floating around you after a while, if you don't take note, you will have drifted further and further away from where you started. And that's how it is when we fall into sin. We drift slowly into sin. We lose our connection with God. We lose our passion for God. And then we find ourselves in disobedience. We find ourselves out of line with our purpose. We find ourselves out, out of the path of God's favor and purpose for our lives. Challenging someone today, don't continue to live in a place where you are absent from God. Whatever happens in your life, don't allow God's presence to be removed from you or don't you yourself remove yourself from God's presence. It's time for you to do a passion check. Check my appetite, check my thirst, because when I'm close to God, I have a passion and a thirst for the right things. I seek after the things of God. 
The Bible says, seek ye first the things of God and all these things will be added to you. Well, actually, I feel that scripture is a measuring stick. When you are already seeking the things of God, it's a good measurement that of your proximity to him, how close you are to him, how passionate you are for him. If he's truly a priority in your life, do you wake up thinking, how can I be pleasing in the eyes of God today? How can I find myself inside God's will today? Am I trying to please my boss? Am I trying to garner more money for myself? Am I trying to fulfill my fleshly and earthly passions? Or am I truly each day trying to get a little closer to God? I heard someone say uh, relative to athletics that you try and get 1% better. I, I want to be a, as a Christian, as a follower of Jesus Christ. I just want to be 1% better every day. 1% closer to him. 1% better in studying and reading his word. 1% better in praying as I should. 1% better in being a better example for those who are around me. 1% better in experiencing joy and, and sharing that joy with the world. 1% better in sharing the goodness of Jesus Christ with everyone who's around me. Not, not necessarily even by word, but rather by deed. Because the Bible says we're fleshly epistles who are read by men. People are not watching or regarding as much what we say, but they have a much higher regard for what we do. We should make sure that I'm 1% better today than I was yesterday. I'm striving to get closer and closer to God. Striving to be a more passionate disciple for Jesus Christ. Passionate to be a better man, a better husband, a better friend, a better example. And Lord, whatever happens in my life, there are many things that I may have. There are many possessions that I have. There may be even relationships that have been terminated, jobs that have gone away. But whatever leaves me, Lord, whatever I'm missing, Lord, do not remove your spirit from me. Do not remove your spirit. I want you to remain close to me. Whatever else in my life that leaves may be subject to change. And Lord, I accept that if that's your will. Whatever else has to change and whatever else has to be removed. Lord, I, I, the, Paul said it this way. He said, I, 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 for, he said, for everything that I've lived for, everything that I've obtained in my life, everything that I have, everything that I've garnered, he said, I count it all but dumb for the excellency of the knowledge of Jesus Christ. And in my life, the same thing, Lord, whatever I have attained, whatever I have, I, I, I have acceded to, Lord, whatever I've garnered, whatever, I, whatever I've purchased, whatever is in my life. Whatever relationships are there, Lord, whatever carnal things are in my life, I surrender all of that and put that in your hands for the, for the opportunity to be closer to you, for the opportunity to know you better, for the opportunity to be in rightful relationship with you, Lord. I count it all as nothing for the knowledge of Jesus Christ. And I pray that you have that same attitude that I'm going to be passionate for God because I dare not find myself in a position of him being absent and me not knowing. Isn't that a, wouldn't that be a, a sad state of affairs for God to be absent for your life and you not even be aware of his absence? 
Lord, don't allow me to exist in such a place where I can be absent from you and, and not even know it. That's a dangerous place to be. So, Lord, in my heart, restore my passion for you. In my heart, let me seek the more for you. In my heart, Lord, help me to be like David, to go after the heart of God in all the things that I do and all the things that I say. And even the ways I treat and interact with other people, Lord, help me to show my passion for you, to be aware of your presence, to notice when I'm slipping away, to recognize when my passions are waning, to notice when my appetites are for the things of this world and not for you, to notice when I thirst for other things other than for the knowledge of Christ. Help me to be aware. And at that moment, take a step closer to you and may every day I take one step closer to you so that I can experience more of the excellency of the knowledge of knowing Jesus Christ. May I pray with you? Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for this moment, for these few moments that we've had. Lord, as a check of our passions, as a check of our appetites, Lord, to check our thirst and are we truly thirsting for the right things? Do we truly have an appetite for the things of God? And are our passions aligned where we prioritize you above all others? Lord, there is nothing in our lives that should be more important than you. Help us to align ourselves with your word. And I'll allow your word to push us along your path that you've designed to us for us. And Lord, in that path every day, we will get closer and closer to you. Lord, I claim all these things in my son Jesus' name. Amen. And God bless you. I pray this week that you will do what we've shared, that you will have a passion check. Check your passion and your appetites. What is it that you truly have an appetite and a passion for? And I always say the best way to check it is to check how you spend your time. How you spend your time is a great indication of what you have a true passion for. And I know some of you are saying we've done this before, but I, I, I challenge you to check some of our older streams. We've done this before. Someone says, well, I have to work and I have to be in school and that consumes my time. But if you add it up, you have a lot of extra time where you're not sleeping or you're not at work. What are you doing with that time? That's a true challenge. How are you spending that time? And, and if you were to put that time on a chart, how much would the expenditure of that time show your passion for Jesus Christ? I challenge you to do that on this week. Check your passions, check your appetite, check your thirst. And the more you align that with Jesus Christ, the closer you are to him and the more blessed you will be. God bless you.